Hello, and welcome to the New Beginnings Discipleship Ministry Podcast. Here, we share the Word of God for all people to understand that they are born on purpose, for a purpose, and with purpose. A desire is for everyone to not just know what their purpose is, but to live it out. We believe we are designed to live out a kingdom lifestyle that aligns to the kingdom of God and the word of God. Now go ahead and grab something to write with, make room wherever you are at, and prepare your heart, mind, and soul for another amazing word from God. Here we go. All right, so 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58 says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and movable always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your work is not in vain in the Lord. So on today for a theme, for our focus, we are going to use the title, Moving Steadfastly. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you and praise you for all that you allow to transpire on today. We thank you, Father God, that, Lord, it is you that we are choosing to serve, to worship, and to honor and to adore. We thank you, Father God, for you sit high and you look low. We thank you, Father God, that it is you, Lord, who guides us, who directs us, who is showing us the way we shall go, and who is giving us the necessary decrees to be able to be uttered in this time and in this space. We thank you, Father God, that it is you who's doing the inner work inside of us and producing the fruit that will flow out of us, God. We pray, Lord, that we bring joy and righteousness to your name, Father God. We pray that we are being the ambassadors that you have called for us to be in the name of Jesus. And Father God, we repent of any thought, words, or unkind deeds, knowingly or unknowingly, that comes against representing the kingdom of God. Now, God, we pray right now, Lord, as your word is ministered on this moment and at this time, that, Father God, it will begin to be implanted into your people, that it will energize us and actionize us to be able to mobilize your word not never before, Father God. You said in all of our getting, get understanding. So allow for us to learn how to be skilled in warfare. Allow for this word to be one that will be able to be applied regardless of the situation or the terrain that we are in the midst of, Father God. Father God. God, we pray right now, Lord, that we will continue to walk by faith and not by sight and that we understand that fear has never been designed to be our portion. So, Father God, we stand tall, Father God, against the wiles of the enemy and we choose we choose to declare your words, Father God, regardless of what is around us, regardless of the storms we may be in the midst of, regardless of the turmoil, regardless of the trial, regardless of the tribulation, we choose, Father God, to stand, Father God, in the face of it, in the midst of it, because you are a shield and our buckler. You are, Father God, our strong tower. You are our refuge. You are the strength, Father God. The joy of the Lord shall continue to be our strength, Father God. So, Father God, we lift up our hands of a sign of surrenderance unto you, submitting our lives unto you, Father God, and declaring, decreeing, Father God, that it is you that make us free. And, Father God, we choose to stay free under your covering, under your leadership, under your anointing, under your guidance, Father God. Holy Spirit, come in and be the reminder of who we are according to God's word. Be the spirit of truth of who you are in the name of Jesus and continue to move in this place. Never before God. I pray Father God that unanswered prayers are answered instantaneously in the name of Jesus. I speak peace over your people right now in the name of Jesus. Now declaring decree Father God. 
that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Never tongue that rises up in judgment, we shall condemn, because that is the heritage of your people. Our call for peace to fall upon your people in the name of Jesus. You are not the author of confusion, but the author of peace. So we declare your name, and we lift you up so that men may be drawn unto you. It's in your son's name that we pray. Thank you, God, and amen. Now, can we give God some praise right now and charge this atmosphere? All righty. So over the last two weeks, Apostle Stephanie Moody has been speaking about um, who we are as New Beginning Discipleship Ministries, where we have come from related to past declarations, and our current declaration of being steadfast based on 1 Corinthians 15 and 58, as I read earlier. Now, the definitions that we are working with regarding steadfast are to be firm, immovable, seated, um, sedentary. When we look at the etymology of the word, we find it means secure in position, steady, firm in its place, to be faithful, staunch, firm in one's mind. We have learned that the need, there is a need for the body to stay together and to come together, not just to just show up and be happy, but also to be praising, worshiping, and warring together against the wiles of the enemy. We have to understand this season that we truly do need each other. We understand that there are seasons in which either locations, travel, sickness, or what have you, that we use the online ministry. And I thank God for that because God had a vision for that. But we're not going to forsake the assembling of one another. And that's one of the elements that we're really focusing on for 2023. Remember, there is strength in numbers, especially when the people are of one mind and of one focus. Amen? Now, we have also learned or been reminded that our adversary roams around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may pick off. And last week's demonstration really modeled what that looks like. When we talk about someone who comes out of the covering and the battle that they have to go through to get back into the covering or under the covering, and also the position of the, or the perspective of the officers and the positions that makes up the church. So we've gone through that two weeks in a row, and the apostle has really been drilling that down. Now, on today, God wants us to begin to talk about what it will take for us to be steadfast in the face of the enemy. We've talked a lot of it on like a higher level of how the officers work, but we also understand that part of this is going to be that individual work that we need to do. Understand this, in the demonstrations that Apostle Moody has done the past two weeks, she's been really talking about the officers and the positions, those in the church. We talk about the apostles, the prophets, um, the apostle, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. But understand that you do not have to have a title to be steadfast in the kingdom of God. Oh, let me correct that. You do have to have one title, and that's being the child of the most high God. Okay? And all of us has the ability to that title. So when we talk about being steadfast, there are, there are portions that the officers have. 
but individually we all have the same task as well. There's a part that we have to own for ourselves. And so this is the work that we're gonna begin to work through. Now I can tell you right now, because this is kind of where the, it's a year focus, that we're gonna get bits and pieces as we go along. So this is just the start of this walk, amen? Amen. But the part that we, I wanna make sure is clear and God wants to make sure that we're clear on is remembering that, remembering that in the spirit of being MBDM, we have to remember that we are a kingdom purpose training center, which means we're always going to look for a way to apply the word. Proverbs 4 and 7 tells us wisdom is a principal thing, therefore get wisdom. Meaning there's nothing wrong to have knowledge. There's nothing wrong to attain those things. But if you obtain something, it has to have a purpose on it. Amen? Let me say that again. Like, you buy clothes to wear. Right? You, you obtain finances for a purpose. Right? You buy a plane ticket to go somewhere. In this season, hopefully somewhere south, which is warm. But you, but you obtain something with a purpose. Just obtaining it is only half of the equation. So the same thing lies when it, same thing is true when we talk about wisdom and, and knowledge and all our getting we need to we need to also get that understanding, amen. So in the midst of this, when we when we start to talk about gaining that understanding and what have you, part of it is that knowledge and wisdom that we have. One lane that it works in for us is that we gain the wisdom and knowledge and also the application to be able to help others to be able to come out of the darkness that they may be in the midst of to come into the glorious light that's still inside of them, to help dust off the lamp that's on there or to reunite the fire that's in the midst of them so that they can understand that the darkness that they're in the midst of is not their final destination. It is not their funeral home. But it takes us to be able to show the difference to them. But I want to make sure something's clear first before we jump into all of this. We have to be all clear that we are all working from the standpoint that we are deciding to be steadfast of the things of God. Pastor Kamika already mentioned that in some perspective in other worlds, what we call steadfast, someone calls stubborn or rebellion. But even going a little bit beyond that, you can be steadfast in anything. See, you could be steadfast to have a budget. Working there, but I'm getting there. You could be steadfast for health regimens. You could be steadfast um, to go to your job consistently. You could be steadfast and, and firm and in position on various things. But the point we have to make is we have to make up in our mind that we're going to be steadfast on the things of God. If you look back at your life as I look back on mine, there's times where I can say, was I steadfast? Absolutely. Was it of God? Absolutely not. But I was steadfast. I was. I was steadfast. I was firm. You can't, you can't move me. I'm immovable. You can't shake me. You, I'm, come on now. I was strong. I was sturdy. That word, sturdy. I was there. But it was not based on God. And so when we talk about the word steadfast, we end up having to realize that we either are steadfast on the things of God or we are not. 
Joshua 24, what we end up seeing is the story where Joshua is talking to um, the children of Israel after they got into the promised land, after they didn't defeat the enemy, after we got through the story of Achan in Joshua 7, after they didn't marry some folks, after they didn't did things. Like the promise was fulfilled. And then before Joshua took his final bow, a.k.a. he was about to go to be with the Lord, he ended up bringing all the tribes together and had this heart-to-heart conversation. And he ended up starting it, or he ended up towards the end in verse 14. It says, now, therefore, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whom land you dwell. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. In other words, a line was drawn on who are you going to be steadfast with? Because God, as we learn in Exodus 20, he is a jealous God. God is not about this sharing life. Surprise, like, okay, let me, okay, let me back up. Okay. God loves all of us. He will share his attention, time, focus on all of us. But what God does not like is when we separate our attention between him and anything else. That will take his position. In other words, God ain't about sharing his position in our lives with anyone else. That's what he's not about. He's not going to do that. And for the children of Israel, they were getting to a point where they started to get pulled away little by little from the attention that they had with God when they walked into the promised land. And you have to remember from Joshua's perspective, Joshua saw what happened the last time a group of people no longer wanted to be steadfast with God. Because when we talk about the children of Israel being in the wilderness for 40 years, Joshua had to live through that. Because he was one where he saw the promised land and gave the report. He said, we can take it if God says we can. And he got voted to uh, two verses 10. Because him and Caleb said we can do it. The 10 other spies that went into the promised land said we couldn't do it. And he had to wait 40 years for the opportunity to go into the promised land. So Joshua, who got out of Egypt, went through the Red Sea when it split. He went through that. He went through the wilderness. He saw the promised land once, said we can take it. Had to wait 40 years because 10 of his homeboys said that we couldn't do it. And God said, well, I'm going to kill off this generation who did not believe. And I'm going to allow for their children to walk through because they will believe. Walked into the promised land with this crew at the age of 70, I might add. Went through conquering, winning, getting territory, things being driven out little by little. And then all of a sudden recognizing and acknowledging this is coming up again. And having to nip it in the butt to say the thing Moses did not want to say. So with that being the case for us, why am I going so hard in the pain on this? We have to understand with our mindset to be steadfast in God that we have a choice and we got to make the choice. If we're going to be about God or not. 
Because if we're not going to be steadfast on the things of God, then we're not going to get the outcomes that we're looking for. We're not going to fulfill the very task that God wants us to be. The rest of 1 Corinthians 15, 58 is not going to come into order because the base is God. And we have to start there with the mind. Speaking of the mind, I might add you, understand that our flesh and our spirit, man, do not like each other. They're in a constant war against each other. But here's the good news. We have authority to tell our mind, to tell our flesh what shall happen and what shall not occur. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 10, verses 3 through 6, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Once again, we have the authority to tell our mind the very thoughts that we're going to let pass through our mental toll rolls and toll booths. Even though it's erected, it does not have to live free. We have the ability to cancel the very thoughts that will try to rise up against. What thoughts may you be talking about? The very thoughts that will say, is God going to do this? The very thoughts that will say, you know you can just do this yourself and not have to ask God the, the, the question, right? The very thought that says, you got enough money in your account, go ahead and buy that. Forgetting that you asked God six months ago to give you the finances to go to Israel, but now all of a sudden your money done got right and it's stacking up. you like, well, you know what? I do want them Prada shoes. You know what? It's okay. Let's go ahead and schedule a Kansas City uh, night away, weekend away for the married folks. Weekend away. But we forget that the money has an assignment that you don't pray for and fast for. Okay, I'll move on. So the other part of this, Romans 8, 5 through 8, it says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. That means enemy, if you're trying to figure out what that translation means. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. In other words, when we start to live out of our flesh, we begin to not make God happy. We begin to not fulfill the very task that he has for us. So once again, if we're choosing to be steadfast, we have to make sure our basis is to be steadfast on the things of God. If we don't know what those things are, that's where a relationship with God is very key. And what's interesting for some of us who've been in relationship with God and then we get further along, along, uh, further along down the road, we end up forgetting God's voice occasionally if we don't do a particular act which is to have that daily connection and conversation with God. Being steadfast in God in this season is going to require us to have daily activity with him. Because we have to understand since the foundation is set, 
one thing that believers forget to do is continue to re-up what's needed. This is the one and done trick. We forget that you got to continue to make sure everything is on point. Let me give you a construction analogy. Um, when the city of Des Moines or the county or what have you um, finished up the mix master in this corner, and Papa George, help me if, I'm, if I get this wrong. They, they raised all that money, got the mix master fixed, or fixed. Traffic will tell you otherwise, but we'll just leave that alone. Right? Okay. They got it built. It was finished. Or the flyover in, Grim in Grimes, right? Awesome. It is built. Awesome. Construction company. Thank you for your service. Awesome. What people tend to forget is with construction, they save about 10% of the cost it took to build that for maintenance to come up. They're prepared for the moment in which maintenance is going to be needed. I'm going to bring it to your crib. If you've ever been in a house and you wonder, why are there cracks in the wall? It's because that house was new at some point and got built on a foundation. But the foundation settled. And so then the house starts to shift until the foundation finally settles. And so what all of a sudden happens is cracks start to show up in your drywall. You start seeing different lines, and you're like, that's not where a beam is at. It's because the house is going through an settling moment. And what you have to put aside as a homeowner is funds to be prepared for when that occurs. Did I get that right, Papa George? That's what I'm talking about. So, so the point is with believers, we believe, we give our life to Christ. Awesome. But then we never go back up for the re-up. We never go back up for that constant connection to say what happens now. We never go back in to get filled back up and have that constant flow happen so that we can continue to manufacture the things that God has for us. And for us, we have to realize that it takes a daily, and in some case, hourly, sometime minute by minute re-up that's necessary. Luke 9, 23 through 24 says this. It says, then he says to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever desired to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. We cannot say that we're going to be steadfast in God if we're not willing to take up our cross daily. Now, context. This is not the rugged cross Jesus carried. That's done. Carried a cross for our sins, died on it, destroyed. This ain't the cross we're talking about. So what cross are we talking about? I'm glad you asked. So the cross we're talking about is this. There, are a, there is a portion that we have to carry for ourselves. There are burdens. There are um, tasks that God is placing upon our shoulders that we have to carry on a daily basis. And what ends up happening is that sometimes we believe we just have to carry it by ourselves. But Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30 shows us that we don't have to, that Jesus is there with us carrying it along with us. So that burden is not just on us alone. Okay. But we have to remember that, that even though Jesus is carrying part of this with us, we still have to carry our part. And it requires for us to do it 
daily. It requires us to push through daily. It requires us to have that communication with him daily. It requires us to continue to move forward and to not be slack daily. Now, once again, when I'm talking about carrying this cross or carrying this weight, I'm not just talking about the physical weight that we may see on a mirror or on a scale or in a mirror on a scale. I'm talking about the weight that God has called and has given us. It may be our calling. It may be a hardship. It may be the, the cries of others around us. It may be whatever God has designed for it to be for you. But there's a weight that God wants us to carry. But I need you to hear me. You are able to carry it. You are able to handle it. It may not feel like you can right now, but I promise you, God would not give it to you if you weren't built for it. What it requires is to unearth some things inside of you to be able to carry this weight that you may have never carried before. It may require for you to get that complaining spirit out your, out your body and to be able to say, I can't do this. And then for God to remind you through the Holy Spirit, yes, you can because I'm with you. You're more than a conqueror through me because I love you. For him to remind you, greater is he that lives inside of you than he that is in this world and for you to be saying and finally be steadfast in what God said that yes you can do it and here's the thing in the midst of it recognizing and acknowledging that some of the weight that you carry is actually illustrated in Matthew 5 11 through 12 yeah I'm ahead of myself it's okay it's okay when it says blessed are you when they Revel and persecute you and says all kind of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecute the prophets who were before you. In other words, if they persecute Jesus, why do you think they ain't going to persecute you? But you're able to handle this. You're able to take care of it. Even though they try to persecute you, if we're in God, they can't touch us. They'll try to with their words because that's the thing that try to get to us the most. Remember I talked about the mind a moment ago? I did that for a reason. Because our actions we can sometimes dispel, but words, especially for my young folks, that thing, that post you keep reading over and over and over and over again, or what they describe as FOMO, fear of missing out, that comes back. But the thing about it is, as I mentioned, when it comes to God and carrying that cross daily, we have to understand that in carrying a cross, there is movement that's involved. We said carrying a cross. We didn't say hold the cross. Hold a cross to me, I'm just holding still and just being like this. But if you carry something, you know, like a cross, like a bag, like a baby, like a blessing, you know, like money. When you carry it, you have it, and you are moving with it. Now, for those that may be slightly confused, being like, okay, Pastor O, you've been talking about steadfast, and you've been saying we got to be firm and stable and established. Now you're talking about moving. I'm completely confused. Let me help you. When we talk about moving steadfastly, steadfast, firm, unmovable, unshakable. Some of you may think of, it's a brick. A brick doesn't move. That's correct. But being steadfast in the things of the Lord mean I'm not going to be moved by the principles that makes up the kingdom of God. Wherever I'm at, I am the church. 
Wherever I go, I represent the kingdom. Wherever I stand, this is the principles I'm operating under. So I'm not going to be moved by the foundations in my life. But the thing about it is God's required us to move into different area, areas and territory and terrain to be able to establish the kingdom of God wherever we may go. So with that, if you would stay with me, say, I'm going to move with God. Now, I know I just popped that up on you, so I'm going to give you a moment. We're going to say it again. We're going to say I'm going to move with God, but I want you to say it with a little bit more something. Force, swagger, whatever. Choose which way you want to go to this time. Choose this day which way you want to say this phrase. Just a little more um, okay? So say I'm going to move with God. Look at y'all. I got the little boom action. I heard y'all. All right. So that being the case, as I mentioned, to give you more of a reference, Hebrews 13 and 8, which is one of those things. There we go. Jesus Christ is the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. So we're staying consistent with God, but we're understanding that we are being asked to move with God. Now, the last part in this little segment is as we have that daily activity with God, that daily time with God, what will end up happening is that our discipline in the things of God is going to be developed. And that's one of the requirements of being a disciple of God is that our discipline is there. So if you're wondering, how do I build up my discipline skill? It's going to be that daily time that you spend with God, that daily connection that you spend with God. And part of it, as Jamal probably um, hopefully support me on this, you do the same thing constantly, it's going to help for a season until you add something else to it. Example, so if you start off reading the word every day, awesome. You give yourself 15 minutes. I'm going to read the word. I'm there. Got it. Do that. Be awesome. Be great. Do it. Yes, if you're still just reading the word 15 minutes a day and you get to the month of June, growth didn't happen. Because at some point, the words should start to read you. Things should start popping off the page. And 15 becomes 20. 20 becomes 25. 25 becomes 30. And maybe it's 15 in the morning. And then God was so good to you, all of a sudden at lunch, you're doing an extra five or ten minutes. And your time in the word, your time with God, your time in prayer starts to increase. Then all of a sudden, you start to apply the word because God starts to send people to you that speaks to the exact thing that you were just reading. And he gave you understanding about. And he says, now release this word to this person and allow for me to show you how awesome I am, that I am a true God who will fulfill the very promise that I said I would do. That's the growth that God is wanting to develop inside of us, but it takes us to be diligent on a daily basis and to be steadfast in the things of God to make space to where God will be able to do more in our lives. When we say we can't do it, it's because we didn't put God to the test. And God's saying, put me at my word. Be consistent in me and watch me be consistent in you. In Jesus' name. Continue to fight the good fight of faith, y'all. Continue to push forward in all the things that comes before you. Continue to be strengthened in the things of the Lord. The last part is that to be steadfast in God, we have to be prepared for the war and the battle that's coming. We have no choice. 
We were birthed into a war zone. And so once we make that declaration that we're going to be steadfast in God, once we start to take those daily steps in the word of the Lord, here's the thing, Jalil. I'm pretty sure in the midst of your physical, um, in your health push that you've done, you've had some days that you're like, I'm not going to the gym. And it's not because it's too cold. It's not because your car ain't working. It's not because you didn't pay your gym membership. It's not because you ain't got the clothes and you got to do laundry. It's because you physically don't want to go. But that, but I'm pretty sure you also prepare some things for not if, but when those days will come. To say, if I get to this point, this is the decision I'm going to make. If this occurs, this is how we're going to work around it. And people of God, we have to be prepared for the battle that comes. Because once we declare that we're not feeling what the enemy wants to give us, he's going to try to come and take us out. He's going to try to infiltrate us. He's going to try to cause for us to not go the way that God wants us to go. In fact, James 1, 2, and 4 tells us, be happy when it comes. It says, my brethren, count on all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Let me help you. In the midst of this, when we go through all these things, God is actually still working on our behalf. And we have to understand that if God is before us, he's greater than the whole world and they can come against us. Even that war in line that, God, that uh, Apostle was talking about in the past two weeks, God is still bigger and badder and stronger than the lion who is going to show up in some form or fashion. I hate to break it to you. He's going to. Actually, I don't hate to break it to you. I need to tell you that. So you can prepare for the line when he comes up, however form that he decides to show up. Okay? So with that, so with that, being prepared for the battle, the part that's important is this, is in the midst of all this, we have to remember, part of being prepared for the battle is making sure that we have on the whole armor of God. Making sure that we have it on on a daily basis. All pieces that are there. So my wonderful wife mentioned the past week and the illness that kind of hit us. Um, yeah, I was with her. I thought we was clear when we got to Sunday. That wasn't the case. Um, that wasn't the case. Um, I got hit on Monday at work. Eh, it happens. Um, <clears throat> but felt better on Tuesday when all the work stuff happened for me. And in the midst of it, I had a choice of what I wanted to spend my time on, and I spent it in the word of God. And so I'm thankful that I was wise enough to just go ahead and begin to refill my body with the word of God and the healing of God's word as I was sitting my behind down somewhere and not doing so much work. But then, as some may know, on Thursday, Seth got hit, surprisingly. Whew! Um, whew! That was, he had to be there. But, um, but and so, it, it was that part of being tired of that same battle hitting us. So I thank God that we overcame that part of it. But we had to be prepared for it. And I'm thankful that in the midst of that happening, we were prepared for it. Because here's the thing about it. You have to understand that that 
illness happened and started when me and Pastor Kamika was in position taking care of God's affairs. Okay. So it occurred right after we declared things about our families and what will happen this year. It's happened after we said what was going to occur, what the statue were. We made a declaration and the attack came. Just like it does when you look at the parable of the sower. As soon as you sow a word, here comes some form of attack, whether you like it or not. And so our reaction to it is what dictated of we're not going to cower out. We're not going to bow down. We're not going to run from it. We're going to address it and move forward. But the thing is, that's just part of our nature. She mentioned the story about Seth, uh, about the kids, the twins, and the delivery. And y'all shouted. It was like, yay, awesome, true, yes. She declared a decree. She's a strong woman because she birthed two knucklehead kids naturally, did not get cut. I Whoo! Praise God for her. Yes. What she did not tell y'all is that not just the paperwork was trying to tell us not bring the kids home, but all of a sudden Seth's weight and hearing got attacked. They tried to tell us that Seth did not weigh enough to come home. And so once again, we were like, no, he will weigh enough to get home. And he did. But the little lasting attack, see, Charlie, here's what the enemy does. He'll throw a little bit of extra sauce and be like, do they really believe? They attack Seth's hearing, saying he had too much fluid in his ear. See, when, you, when twins are birthed naturally, it's not uncommon for the second twin to have fluids in his ear or their ear because you got to break the bag yourself. So it's not the natural course, so fluids get in. So they're trying to say he could not hear. So they're trying to say he didn't weigh enough and that he couldn't hear. And they said, you got to come back in a week to see if his hearing will come, will come back. So you mean to tell me I'm going to leave this hospital after this woman done declaring the decree what's going to happen, and you're going to tell me my son can't hear now? After she freaked out because he wasn't talking, but we know Seth's just sarcastic, right? So he literally was, didn't want to cry when he was born. He looked at me. I looked at him. Mika looking at me like, is he okay? I'm like, I'm looking at him. Look at me. Look at him. He's fine. And then he finally was like, wham, and then she was fine. So that's how Seth is. But it was trying to say he couldn't hear. And so now you're trying to cause fear to arise in me to say my son cannot hear, which means you're trying to tell me that something's wrong with him. And I'm like, no, devil, you're not going to win this time. Now, thankfully, can he hear? Well, he's a seven-year-old. I mean, sometimes he can't, but sometimes he can't. But he passed the test to be able to hear. But the point is we had to still fight and be prepared for that because that class that you talked about, she sent me in for six weeks, that prepared me for anything that can come even those everlasting things or the thing they try to send us off with. The point of sharing that story is this. If you ask God for that wisdom, for that knowledge, for the understanding, before you enter the battle, he will supply it to you. That's what God does. He's going to answer the cries and the prayers of his people. But it's for us to ask God those in-depth questions or else nothing will activate him to give us the results because we're going to still be thinking we got it all. We got this. I got a degree. And God's like, you got a degree in that stuff, but you don't got a degree in the things of the spirit. Once again, 2 Corinthians 10.3, we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. We fight a spiritual battle. And being steadfast is fought on a spiritual level not a physical level. You may see it physically, but it's going to be on a spiritual level. So as I end 
on today. The last thing that God wants me to share with you is celebrate your victories. Celebrate the victories that, we, that you received throughout this, this year of moving steadfastly. Too many times we don't take a moment just to breathe and say, I defeated that with God's help. God showed up and showed out. I'm so thankful for Street Kings when they share their testimonies of the things that are transpiring and the victories that they have. Even the things that look like mild defeat, the fact that they still interact with people, that is something on a daily basis that we're able to connect on and be able to link on to. And so whether you do it in your journal, whether you share it outwardly, even if it's just you and God, take the moment to celebrate your victories because this is what happens when you celebrate your victories. It's another notch in the belt to show that God is still real. It's another notch in the belt to show that God is still moving on your behalf. It's another notch in the belt to tell the enemy, you can't take me, you can't break me, you can't move me, you can't shake me. Because the little thing about the enemy is that he's not just going to show up one time. He's going to show up multiple times. If you don't believe me in the Bible, realize Jesus Christ battles Satan multiple times. We focus a lot on Jess when he was in the wilderness after the sign came and he was baptized and then the conversation with Satan then. Understand, he still battled Satan when he carried that rugged cross. Understand, Satan will constantly try to find ways to enter into our lives. He will send multiple things and multiple agents and multiple forces to try to see if we're going to break. That's what he's going to do. That's what he's designed to do because he's jealous, but because also we have that relationship with God that he took for granted. So Satan is going to constantly over and over and over try to take us out. But I stand here as a believer in Christ telling you that you shall reap all the things God has for you if you faint not. If you stay steadfast in his word, if you continue to seek his face with all that you have, if you continue to use his words against the enemy in all form and fashion, if you dedicate the time necessary to learn about God, if you take the time to go to that advanced level and allow God to expand things inside of you, if you allow God to take away different desires that you have that you don't realize is blocking you from a deeper relationship with God, if you continue to press forward for that prize that has your name on it. If you continue to be able to lift up your eyes to the hills will come at your help, knowing your help will come from you. You shall be successful. You shall be steadfast. And you shall be able to move steadfastly through this world and through this time and through this season, seeing all your promises come to pass in Jesus' name. Amen. Give God some praise on today. So on today, as you stand to your feet. I am done. If there are any prayer requests of any kind, if there is any um, prayers in relationship to moving steadfastly, um, if anyone wants to give their life to Christ, any rededication, any reason whatsoever, the altar is open at this time. I pray this word. Oh, it's awesome. Okay. I pray that it's all good. It's all good. I work in a high school, so random things happening is. 
Anyway, <laughs> um, I pray that this word ignites something inside of you. To have nothing else, go back and evaluate what have you, how have you started this, this year. Know there is time to still start. I pray it gives you a focus on how to start being steadfast in the way of the Lord. And I pray this word shows you how to move and still be firm in God. Because that's one of the tricks the enemy will say is, if you're moving, you're always moving away from God, and that is a lie. The children of Israel, when they moved around, they were led by a cloud and by fire. When Abraham rolled, God was still with him. So continue to know you can move and grow in God and be steadfast on his precepts. Father God, we thank you and praise you on today for all you allowed to transpire. We thank you, Father God, for you being there for us. And we thank you, Father God, for loving us unconditionally. God, we pray that this word, Father God, will be implanted in your people's heart. And we pray, Father God, they will produce fruit in due season. We pray, Father God, the Holy Spirit will water it constantly with the word. We pray, Father God, we bind up every vulture that will try to take away the fruit before it even buds off of your people's plants. We pray, Father God, safe traveling graces for all who will be on the highways and the byways. We pray for those, Father God, who will even see this rebroadcast. We pray, Father God, you will strengthen them wherever they're at. And we pray, Father God, that your words, your presence, and your might will continue to carry us and be the very fuel we need to continue to wreck shop in the territory you have sent us in. Not only rooting up, but also planting. Father God, we truly thank you and we praise you and we glorify your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We want to thank you on today for joining us as we go into the word of God to continue to understand our God-given purpose. If you are wanting more information about New Begins Sunship Ministries, please look in our description box for ways to connect with us, whether through our social media outlet or if you're desiring to visit us, whether virtually or in person. We thank you once again. We pray that you have an awesome day and amazing week.